making holy the mutilated. The Anglican Church in Canada is reaching for new lows in its attempt to kneel before the modern world. It has decided to offer blessings of transgender transitions. If that wasn't low enough, an entire custom liturgy has been invented so that those who have decided to pretend to be the opposite sex can be celebrated publicly in the midst of an attempt at worshipping God. How one can claim to worship God at the same event where he denies the inherent nature of one of his children and encourages the mutilation thereof is beyond my understanding. That's an incongruent act, unless it's a different God that they're worshipping. This church released a 28-page document detailing these plans. Let's go through some of it together. Quote, it is expected that the presider, or someone appointed by the presider, has prepared the candidate for this rite through pastoral conversation, spiritual counsel, and theological reflection. Good pastoral leadership will also ascertain and nurture the support of the community. End quote. What kind of spiritual counsel and theological reflection could end with, therefore it's appropriate to mutilate you and your sex organs because you don't want them? There is no Christian theology that supports mutilating people's working body parts. There is no Christian theology that supports attempts to switch one's sex. To the contrary, it's satanic. Its entire basis is the lie that a person's sex cannot be reasoned or determined by simply looking down. It further denies the reality that our sex was chosen beforehand by God, and thus we are as he designed. The document explaining the new ritual goes on to encourage the use of they, them, theirs pronouns throughout. Yet the recipient of this rite is an individual, not a group of persons. Thus, throughout the entire event, the truth of the person's nature is denied. It continues, quote, The prayers for the one being affirmed and for the community emphasize that there is an aspect of renewal of discipleship that is being celebrated. End quote. Yes, affirmed. Lest we forget that this is all about affirming a self-destructive and egocentric choice by a person desperately craving attention and affirmation. It is done by a community and church that is too cowardly to affirm the truth about the individual, that nobody can change his sex, and that he does not need to try, for he has value and worth despite the illness that he struggles with. In so many teenagers and young adults, gender dysphoria seems to be a result of a desire to matter, in a world that denies the unique and sacred value of each person. The Christian message runs contrary to the contemporary view of man as mere producer, no greater than plant or animal. This supposed church echoes modernity by insisting that people who deny themselves as they were created are to be applauded, commended, and affirmed. The faux liturgy begins with a rewrite of God's creation of man and woman. The presider says, quote, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God created the plants, trees, and creatures of the land, sea, and air. God created a human being in their image, an embodiment that includes maleness, femaleness, and more, all affirmed as very good. End quote. In contrast, what follows is the actual text from Genesis. You may notice some distinct differences. Quote, 
So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God he created them. Male and female he created them. God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and of the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. End quote. Genesis chapter 1, verse 28 through 29. It's an admission of sorts. To have theology that supports the modern gender ideology, you must rewrite scripture from the very beginning. Real doctrine runs counter to transgender ideology and to broader contemporary views about sexuality. The deacon then responds in this rite, quote, we are called by God to care for and to be co-creators of all of creation, and that includes our bodies. End quote. It takes a shocking level of self-awareness to say this during a liturgy that specifically encourages attempts to switch genders, which involves abuse of the body to placate an ill mind. The message isn't wrong, but it is delivered at a moment when the very opposite is being done. The liturgy continues, the presider says, quote, Today we ask God's blessing on this process of transition for... Name. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, we ask your blessing on... Name. Family, their healthcare teams, and on all who would support them in this process. We ask that they would know your goodness and love in them. We ask that you would guide and direct name, and their support team in each step of this process." End quote. How can one ask God to bless sin? If God is goodness itself, he cannot have any union with sin. In choosing sin, we choose to reject him and choose to separate ourselves from him. Note that while this faux liturgy has been created to celebrate and affirm those who take this path, there is no similar effort to create liturgies, blessings, or prayers for those who detransition or who are struggling with these feelings but are bearing their crosses and refusing to succumb. It makes a mockery of their plight. Those people are effectively ignored and implicitly chastised. After all, if the church has celebrations for those who embrace this, what does that say about those who don't? They are somehow lesser. It's thus an inversion of what ought to be. Those who struggle with gender dysphoria or same-sex attraction, and who refuse to take sinful actions, despite their disorders, should be supported and commended. They deserve true compassion. All compassion must be rooted in truth. Faux liturgies like the one explored herein instead seep everyone involved in lies, and worship a false god that demands the mutilation and destruction of God's children.